Welcome to the Creep End. Hi. I'm your host, Brittany. This is my co-host and sister, Kaylin. Hello. And this is our second episode we're recording in a day. So. I'm so, so happy. <laughs> so yeah, probably not a lot of chit-chat from us, which I'm sure y'all are stoked. <laughs> the I best. Um, yeah, obviously... I've not thought of anything spooky since five seconds ago. Oh, man. It's a long time. I know. Yeah. Just kidding. So, no spooky updates then? Nope. What episode number is this? 53! I know. It's 53. 53. I think we need to get our ghosties tattooed somewhere. I know, this is like, we're a year in? Over 50 episodes in? I just think that'd be really cute on my ankle, since my ankles always show. Should. Should go do that. We should. Let's go right now. Right, meow. Okay, bye. Just kidding. Let me All get right. my tax return back first. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know it's tattoo season. It's tax season. Hey, I got a big chunk back. Like, more than I've ever received before, and I'm very stoked to pay down, like, almost all of my credit card. That's good. Like, I'm gonna leave, like, the like last, like, 300 for me to pay off to still build my credit, but I'm gonna put a good chunk down. My car's paid off after this month. What? I have one more payment. Whoop, whoop. I kind of wanted to just go pay it today. <laughs> Let's go. Right now. <laughs> we'll go pay off your credit card, pay off my car. Woohoo! Tattoos! What? Tattoos. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, we should. We should plan some spooky adventures, too. We need to be better at planning things. I already texted Heidi about the winery. Oh, so. did you? Yeah. Oh, she said, nice. yes. Oh, cool. So. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Now we just gotta find a time now for... Now we gotta just go to actually do it. Yeah. We've got to find a time for all of us to, you know, be free on well, a day. Looking go. at, uh, looks like July. <laughs> I was going to say, it's like the gas end of June or some shit like that, right? Yeah, probably at this point. We'll just go after Millie's brunching bridal shower. Oh, yeah, we could do that. Like, Sorry, I gotta cut it short. Bye. Yeah, uh, we gotta go. Bye. We're busy. <laughs> busy ladies. <laughs> we got ghosts to hunt at a winery. Uh, anything else before we get started? No, I think that's it. Okay. I'm surprised we found something to talk about. It was brief, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. People probably enjoy brief. They love my voice. What are you talking about? If they're still here, then obviously. <laughs> if you're still You know here, what? We're, we're probably the thing that they turn on at night to make them go to sleep. They're like, oh, they're rambling today. I don't <laughs> Good think night. our voices are that soothing. No, just annoying. <laughs> I gotta go to bed so I don't have to hear this anymore. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I feel like if I'm hearing something annoying, then I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's probably what a lot of people start our first episode and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> they're like, who's the dying frog? And we're like super awkward in like no. our first couple episodes. We have no idea what we're fucking doing. Like we literally sound like we've like never spoken to each other before. <laughs> we've literally known each other my whole life your whole life (laughs) you still like beat each other up oh god good times how far we have come in 53 episodes (laughs) i'm sure we still sound fucking awkward as hell most days that's okay that's all right we'll get over it they probably expect us to be awkward now maybe that's part of our charm Mm -hmm. okay whatever we're all four followers yeah (laughs) it's fine they're all our friends so they feel compelled anyways we'll quit speculating on our lack of popularity and we'll move on so i chose to do king tut's tomb and the little cursey curse that came with it little cursey curse cursey so uh there is a whole well-known thing called the curse of the pharaohs which is the belief that anyone that disturbs a mummy or a pharaoh's tomb will automatically be cursed i believe it 
I fucking believe it. As you should. I fucking believe that shit. I always, like... There is some... No, there's there's barely much of shit that I believe in. That has to be in my top five of shit I do believe in. Well, it's like, at what point do you remove, like, grave desecration from archaeology? Like, at what age does a grave have to be for it to be considered an archaeological dig and not Never. grave desecration? And Never. I totally... Like, I... And it's not like... Uh, I don't know. There's still Egyptian people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, you can go... You don't have to, like, dig out the body to, like, really understand. No. The, you, they, don't. you can read the hieroglyphs. You can walk into the, yes. to the outer parts and, and do that. But, like, pulling the the body and the sarcophagus? Is that what that is? I don't know. The, uh, just, I don't know. It's not... It seems a little rude. No, it's seems... fucked up is what it is. It is fucked up. It's like Poltergeist. Like, the whole premise of the movie Poltergeist is they fucking dug up a cemetery to build a housing development and yeah. like all right that brownie brittle's hella good sorry yeah. <laughs> we just keep clicking in and out don't mind us so anyway so these idea that the mummies or pharaoh's tombs are cursed basically um is like likely intended to preserve the sanctity of the tombs in the valley of the kings like rat and Obviously not really deter grave robbers or archaeologists, but um, just trying to, like, convince people that these are sacred places, which obviously also did not work because here we are. Uh, So archaeologist and Egyptologist Howard Carter opened the tomb in February of 1923 with his team. Uh, Everything was in excellent condition. Um... So basically, like, there had been, like, hella grave robbing and a lot of the pyramid that he was entombed in had been, like, robbed. But because his tomb was hidden, um, nothing was ever stolen out of his actual tomb. Mm. So they had a lot of, a, a lot of good stuff to look at in there and obviously yanked his fucking body out and all Mm -hmm. sorts of shit. Um, According to the lore, there was also allegedly found... I don't like how that sentence sounds. According to the lore, there was also allegedly a stone tablet that was found that was inscribed with a curse that said, Death shall come on swift wings to him who disturbs the peace of the king. However, it's been argued that this, that stone tablet did not actually exist. Mm. There's argument that the, um, only one media outlet was allowed in there Mm -hmm. to, like, take photos. Yeah. And all the other media outlets were shunned, so it's, like, rumor that a media outlet started that rumor to, like, promote their story about it. Yeah. Because they weren't actually allowed in, so they were, Mm -hmm. like, kind of creating some... Yeah. Some stories to make their shit more interesting. So, we're just gonna get right into it. Because all of the cursey stuff happens basically the day that he opened the tomb. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the very same night that the tomb was opened... Carter was told by a panicked servant that a cobra had broken into the cage of his pet canary and had eaten it. And the servant servant took this to be a warning from beyond, saying that this was the pharaoh's servant and he was sent to kill the bird for leading you to the tomb. Because he used the bird to, like, check... People use canaries to check the air quality and, like, mine shafts and shit. I did not know this until this moment. You didn't know that? No. Oh, yeah, like, they used- I knew we had carrier pigeons, but that's about (laughs) it. 
like more or less they send a canary in because like if it dies, that means there's too much like carbon monoxide or gases built up in like the mine Not shafts that I've or had in a caves. Baby bird heart attack or anything from being scared, but you know, I, I <laughs> I'm not. I'm sure there's some better explanation that is not sounding as dumb as I'm making it sound. But yes, basically, if the bird dies, the air is not good enough to breathe, so don't go in. More or less. Interesting. Yes. Need to get a canary. <laughs> Put it in your apartment. <laughs> it would die immediately. God. I got mold monoxide. <laughs> oh my god, you need to have that removed. I have cl- I clean it like all the fucking right. You should have a professional come in. You can't afford a professional. <laughs> I can barely just afford look my- into it just in case. <laughs> I can barely afford myself. Anyways, so. Uh, yeah. It basically, um, yeah, the, so the servant was like, you know, you need to not disturb the pharaoh's peace. Like, leave this alone. Yeah. Um, and in... So the cobra is symbolic to the Egyptian monarchy. And basically, the belief went around that because of that cobra eating the canary... It was um, a symbol of how the king would strike down his enemies. And Mm. then that began the local rumors that the curse had officially been released from King Tut's tomb. Oh, okay. So the next casualty of King Tut's curse was Lord Carnarvon. And he was the sponsor of the dig. And he died of blood poisoning. Mm. He was bitten by a mosquito and then cut the bite while shaving. It then became infected and he ended up dying of blood poisoning. Some believe that the mosquito bite was right in the same location as a lesion that was found on King Tut's cheek. Oh. But he was buried with no formal autopsy, so nobody could confirm that the, that the bite was in the same spot. Hmm. At the time of, of Carnarvon's death, there was a widespread, widespread blackout in Cairo. However, some argue that these blackouts were common, mm-hmm. but... Still weird. Yeah. Supposedly, back in England, Carnarvon's dog, Susie, let out a mournful howl at the moment of his death and then died herself. Um, Which supposedly was witnessed by Carnarvon's son. So when he died, it basically was like a solid proof that... um, that the Pharaoh's curse had actually been released. Oh, okay. And even Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who was the author of Sherlock Holmes and really popular writer at the time, basically like published something in the press that was like, hell yeah, this is real. So then everybody just got carried away with it. The next casualty, well, not casualty. I don't think this guy died, but um, yeah. So the next victim, we'll say, was Sir Bruce Ingham, who was Carter's friend. And Ingham was sent a paperweight that was made out of a mummified hand. Oh. And on its wrist was a bracelet that had a scarab on it that supposedly had etched into the bracelet um, the quote, Cursed be he who moves my body. To him shall come fire, water, and pestilence. And subsequently, his house burned down twice after he had his mummy hand on display in his home. Nope. Um, and then supposedly, while Ingram's home was burning, Carter, who didn't believe in any of this supernatural stuff, did claim to have seen the presence of a a type of jackal that was similar to the type depicted in the Anubis and said it was roaming around the region of the desert where they had not been seen for decades. So kind of another ominous warning. And this, like I said, supposedly happened while the guy's house was like burning with a mummy hand. Should have fucking just left it alone. Um, but what do I know? Yeah. So then there's another, there's like a little list of the other people that were involved that shit just kind of happened to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should have done more research onto this 
I'm assuming this is the guy that kind of sanctioned the fact that these people could come in and, you know, deface a tomb. Uh, so Prince Ali Kamel Fami Bey of Egypt was shot dead by his wife in 1923. <clears throat> Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, who had helped x-ray the dummy, died under mysterious circumstances in 1924. George J. Gold I who visited the tomb at, when this was happening, died in 1923 after developing a mysterious fever. Sir Lee Stack, governor general of Sudan, died after an assassination in 1924. Archaeologist Arthur Mace, which was on the initial excavation team, died of arsenic poisoning in 1928. Another... Um, person that wasn't named but uh did help with the excavation died in like a horrible accident carter's secretary richard bethel was suffocated in his bed in 1929 and bethel's father committed suicide in 1930 and lord westbury killed himself from ugh. lord westbury killed himself by jumping off the roof of his own home so these are all people that were somehow involved friends they were at the excavation. They, you know, did whatever. Uh, s however, Carter himself, like I mentioned earlier, didn't believe in any of this. He didn't believe in the curse. And out of the 58 people present when the sarcophagus was opened, only eight died within the first 12 years. And Carter actually didn't die until 1939 at the age of 64 from lymphoma. Mm. Um, but then there's this other kind of weird story that I found that's kind of interesting. So fast forward 83 years after the opening of the tomb. It's almost been 100 years. I know, it's fucking Sorry, crazy. Sorry, I was just really thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, next year will be yeah. 100 years. Well, he found the tomb in November of 1922. Okay. But they didn't open it until, until February of 23. So, yes. So, yeah. Flash forward... Here we are in Idaho. I'm going to set the scene here. Is that and snowy, sunny? No, I'm just I don't know. Just Idaho. I just don't know Idaho. shit about Idaho except fucking potatoes and racists. <laughs> Say a lot for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <Wait>. Racist potatoes. <laughs> Mrs. Potato died. I saw that. I'm so yeah, sad. Yeah, that was really sad. I did see that. that okay, was, I'm sorry. That's okay. She was not. She was not. Hopefully, a racist potato. Oh. Okay. Anyway. Um. So. Uh, this guy Rod Hansen works as the director of exhibitions at the Museum of Idaho, and at the time, the traveling exhibit King Tut: Treasures of the Tomb, which I think we mentioned during the cursed items yeah it was in san francisco not yes. too long ago too yeah so yeah. when that um exhibition made its way there uh sorry i lost my place god damn it um he he got a phone call from somebody and it was a a really upset person wanting to donate some items to the museum so the man explained that his grandfather had been a successful businessman um, during the time of the excavation of the tomb. He was friendly with Lord Carnarvon. Carnarvon. I can't say that motherfucker's name. Carnar I keep on saying like Carnival. Carnival. Lord Carnival. Car Carnarvon. Um, and even contributed to helping finance the dig. And as a thank you, he was flown into Cairo and um, was given two small statues that were said to be from King Tut's tomb. The statues were... He took the statues? Yeah. Yep. Because mm. he donated some money to the dig. So they're like, here, have this dead man's objects mm -mm. out of his mm -mm. burial place. Mm -mm. Nope. As mm -mm. a thank you for your money. Nope. I'm gonna be like, just keep the money. Just keep it. So the statues were among his prized possessions, um, but 
more or less could have contributed to this man's, you know, bad luck. Uh, the Great Depression took out his business and his real estate properties. He had three failed marriages, but never once really thought to connect the statues to his bout of bad luck. Mm. Um, Hmm. so when he died, he willed them to his unborn grandson, thinking that they would have astronomical value. And the grandson was also, like, a really, um, successful person. He was a three-time Olympian, a collegiate Hmm. national champion, and a businessman, but he didn't actually take possession of the statues until 1996, and of course, after he took possession of the statues... That's when everything went downhill for him. Mm-mm. He ended up having several accidents as an athlete and driving. He had several failed business ventures. And after all of that happened and he um, he saw that the King Tut uh, ex- exhibit was in town, he basically saw this as his opportunity to off the statues. Give them, get basically, here, give them back to King Tut. Like, yeah. they're ruining my life. Um, so that's when he decided to call the museum. And a few days later, he posted them in a box to the museum with uh, just the word fragile written on the side. And, and that was it. And inside the box were the two statues uh, wrapped in tissue paper and bar towels. And one was the figure of Horus, the child, and the other was of Isis and Horus. Um... So, nobody, uh, Rod Hansen, he didn't have any bad luck taking them into the, because they're still at the museum. They didn't include them in the traveling artifacts or the traveling Mm -hmm. exhibit, specifically because some um, people argue that they don't look old enough to have been actually from King Tut's tomb. Mm. Uh, So, they likely were from a different tomb or burial site. Mm -hmm. They just... The way that they're made just doesn't look old enough for how yeah. how old his gravesite yeah. was. Uh, so that's, I think, why they didn't accept them into the exhibit when mm-hmm. it was there. So they're just chilling at the Idaho Museum instead. Um, but he said no bad luck has befallen him or the museum. And he has never reached out to the person who sent them to find out if uh, their life got better after removing yeah. them from their home. So. It's probably because he's taken really good care of them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they weren't... He, they were given to him. They weren't stolen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And so, he's not part of that bloodline. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you weren't involved in this. You're just doing somebody a favor. So, some of the arguments against all of this is that Egyptians didn't write curses in their tombs. They would have inscribed spells mm-hmm. or things like that to help the deceased pass into the underworld um, or to make sure that they had like food or other offerings, so spells that they would conti- basically continuously yeah. have these things for them in the afterlife. However, they never wrote curses mm-hmm. on the walls to, oh, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's, again, uh, like I said, there is speculation that that tablet with the, you know, beware on it wasn't actually real. But there's also zero evidence anywhere that there was a curse or anything written anywhere in King Tut's tomb. So, like I said, some of those stories were probably um, played up by the news sources that got rejected from from being a part of the excavation. And then, um, kind of a, like, science-y explanation as to all of the people who might have keeled over right after or whatever is that so some scientists say that some of these bad happenings or people getting ill afterward might have been the result of a uh deadly fungus that had grown in the tomb over the centuries was released when the tomb was opened and air samples that were taken from inside an unopened sarcophagus. I don't think it was King Tut's, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's the 20s. I don't think they even had the technology for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, they've done this with People another just one. can't leave well enough alone. Can't no, they? of course not. Here, let me just fucking dig me out dr- another person. Well, here's... Yeah. So they drilled a hole 
into the sarcophagus to pull out an air sample and they found high levels of ammonia, formaldehyde, and hydrogen sulfide in the air sample. However, upon opening a whole tomb, the, these things have a smell. Mm-hmm. So the people would have likely been like, oh, what the f- and like ran back out because yeah. it's a, it would have been a from yes for, i know what formaldehyde ammonia and formaldehyde like. yeah okay like that passed out one time smelling formaldehyde i don't uh, gotta go there like yeah. i know what that shit smells like so so that is like okay so yeah possible that the air was more or less poisonous yeah However, people would have, sm- it would have been too strong of a smell. They would have had to run out, let it air out. And then go back. And, and then try. Yeah. yeah. So there's speculation there that, yeah, deadly fungus or like a black mold or something just like got into people's lungs and they Mm-mm. keeled over. Nope. So, Mm-mm. or made them crazy or made them believe. I don't know. But that's like the only scientific explanation. King Tut went to get them. That's what happened. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. Like you don't fucking disturb people. After they are laid to rest, unless it doesn't, unless you're digging them up to find out like who murdered them, and I will give you that, but that's only just recent that they've been able to do that shit. Okay, you still do not dig people up after they've been laid to rest. Well, if you're gonna use that argument, then you just completely argued your argued your way into why they should have opened King Tut's tomb because there was argument that he was murdered. Yeah, but in Cons- 1923, did they really have the technology to really figure that out after he's been buried for fucking years? Like millions of years? I mean, hundreds of years? Yes and no. No, 1923, they could barely wipe their own asses in science. What? <laughs> I think you're like mistaking that for like Oh, okay. Is it broken? No, I fixed it. I fixed it. Oh my god. <laughs> no! God damn it. Anyways, so, I don't know. I, there's, from what, I could be totally wrong, because I didn't look into this shit, I was just obviously looking into the spooky part. Yeah. Um, the lesions found on King Tut were either from him being murdered or he had some like weird like skin condition. But I'm pretty sure they thought that he had been killed. So when did King Tut pass away? Huh? When did he die? No fucking not. I didn't do that much research. Sheesh. I gotta Google it. Because forensic science really hasn't really been a thing until like the sixties. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not saying. So, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying. I'm just. Oh, saying. motherfucker! Yeah, he died in 1323 BCE. I rest my case. <laughs> so he only reigned for ten years, 1333 until 1323, hmm. and I'm pretty sure he was like the ripe old age of like 18. Oh, 19. He died at 19. Hmm. I was right. Okay. Um. Okay, oh, so they, okay, they found out that research suggests that he died from a gangrene infection that was possibly the result of a broken leg. But I don't, okay, so I don't, maybe when they opened it and saw he had the lesion, maybe then they assumed he might have been murdered and then now we know he didn't. I don't know, there's been so much shit and I could be wrong. Don't open up people's tombs, guys. Oh, and then this one says, as of 2010, that he might have died from malaria. (laughs) Okay, so nobody can agree. Nope. So they're probably all right. And all wrong. All at the same time. All at the same time. Oh, somebody else thinks that he he bonked his head when he fell off a chariot and then was ran over. What the fuck? Jesus. (laughs) Okay. You're really reaching you know for what? that one. You know what? You're right. Um, what the fuck? And in 23, a doctor examined CT scans and stated his chest wounds came from the bite of a hippopotamus. Okay, so this Where the is- fuck did they get a hippopotamus? <laughs> what the fuck? 
also the person who wrote this article says the hippo charges and tut manages to get up and run but his club foot broken leg and malaria slow him down so the hippo practically bites him in half and then tut spontaneously combusts (laughs) and then the most recent theory is tut spontaneously caught fire in his coffin Okay, so... What the fuck is wrong with people? People got way too much time on their hands for this shit. <laughs> oh god, there's more. No, I... Oh. Just, this, so this is an article on Tween Tribune from the Smithsonian called How Did King Tut Die? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we're all like, right and we're all wrong at the same like hippos time. hippos charging at him. <laughs> He fell off a chariot, then got bit by a hippo, got up and ran with his with broken malaria. leg and malaria. All right, and uh, that's it for poor King Tut and the hippopotamus bite. A thousand ways to die for one person. No, thank you. <laughs> what did you prepare for us today? Okay, how was it pronounced again? Changi? I think so. Okay. I, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing this wrong, and I feel really bad. We listened to a pronunciation a pronunciation and sure they pronounced and they pronounced it changi so i did old changi hospital in singapore um the hospital was opened in 1935 by the british government as a part of the military base it included two military blocks 24 and 37 um they were part of the Kitchener Barracks that housed Royal Engineers and British Army. The hospital grounds were seized in 1942 and they were used as a place to hold prisoners of war. Um, I forgot to write that they were seized by the Japanese. They what? They were seized by the the Japanese. The The Japan? The Japan? Yeah. It sounded like you were about to say the Japanese. The Japanese. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, what? Huh? Um, the Kitchener Barracks still operated as a medical facility for war casualties and mi- military personnel. And the grounds were also used by the Japanese military police who were known for their brutal torture techniques. Um, there's speculation that the hospital actually held torture chambers because there is a room that has change chains change chains hanging from the walls and blood-stained floors ew yeah um when the japanese surrendered the kitchener uh, barracks were converted back to the uh to the royal air force hospital <sighs> changi there we go. <laughs> uh, there was a third block added, and this is uh, block 161. And as Singapore gained independence and... Clearly, I've never been to Singapore. fuck did I write? Who knows? And <laughs> Who fucking knows? The British started with, like, they started withdrawing from Singapore. Uh, the hospital saw a lot of changes. And in the 70s, it went from... Anzuk Hospital, A-N-Z-U-K Hospital, Mm -hmm. the UK Military Hospital, Singapore Armed Forces Hospital, and and it ended as Changi Hospital. Uh, They opened medical service to members of the public, so it wasn't just for military personnel and their families anymore. The blocks were actually separated by stone hills, and it would take extra time to get from one place to another, making operations a lot harder to go from point A to point B, because there's also a shit ton of stairs in the pictures. The hospital ceased operation in 1997 and merged with, I'm so sorry, Toa Peo Hospital? Making Changi, making Changi General Hospital. So they merged and then became like a whole new name and a whole new hospital. Got it. Um, the old hospital, so it's why it's called Old Changi Hospital. So the old hospital has now seen vandalists and some say Satanists practice their rituals 
in the empty grounds. Ew. In 2006, it was put up to, to be leased, and there was hope to turn the grounds into a luxury resort, but plans fell through for either financial problems or because of the stories and the things that have been seen there. Got it. So now we're going to move into the weird shit. Oh, but I also did read that in 2020 they were trying to like make it something else and like it just didn't work so they kind of like just was like fuck it never mind so i don't know Hmm. i forgot what it was but it was like november of 2020 they were trying to do something with it and then change their minds maybe just leave it alone yeah at this point so visitors have heard disembodied screaming as well as seeing shadow people both day and night ew I don't know which is worse. Day. I think day. Yeah, because you're like... Not expecting feel, it. Exactly. I like, feel, I feel like, like nighttime you expect it, so yeah. it's not as like... Mm. I mean, it's startling. But it's not like... But it's like, yeah. Well, it's, it's not daytime. It's nighttime. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, bloody apparitions of soldiers walking the halls and like disappearing through the walls have been seen. Or the presence of a young boy who just sits and stares at you. Oh, good. It's not weird. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, when filming Haunted Changi, cast and crew reported sudden loud noises, ghostly voices, a woman with a, quote, black aura, and had contact with unseen hands. Yeah. Crew got a shadow people, quote, on film and kept it in the final movie. So there's, like... I, they took a picture of it and like you could see it like there's a shadow person in like a por- portion of the film and then it just like disappears ew yeah um paranormal so there's one story that has been consistent for visitors that have come and gone through there and it's a very strange story like and it hasn't just happened to the paranormal investigators it's happened to other groups of people as well who have visited mm-hmm. um But in this sense, it's um, paranormal investigators have entered the building to have a member disappear. Oh, what? But when the member actually finally returns, they tell the story that they had followed what looked like a group member to a desolate part of the hospital. The figure would say, like, they didn't belong at the hospital, the site was too dangerous, that the group needs to leave and not return, and, like, needs to get out, and, like, all these things, just to turn a corner or exit the hospital, and the figure disappears. Oh, hell no. Yeah, but that story has been consistent with, like, a bunch of different groups. So it's, like, this person... or this spirit transforming into somebody that they recognize that they have are with yeah it gives me the chills oh um there is a ghost of a woman carrying a baby that can be seen and that story goes that um she was a nurse there at one point it's not proven or anything, but she was a, a nurse there at one point. She was pregnant at the time and that she lost her patient and the patient's family came back and murdered her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, certain hot spots are the mortuary. Surprise. Oh, surprise. <laughs> the emergency department and the operating theater. Well, no shit. The three places... I mean... Where there's dead people. Yeah. You know. Who would have thought? Right? (laughs) Um, It is said that there are underground tunnels, but that has not been proven true or not true because you can no longer get to them at any point in the the hospital or the, the grounds or anything. But they also said that the underground tunnels is where they held prisoners back in Mm. world war ii got it and all the things and they were tortured down there there were like dungeon rooms pretty much to like keep people away and down there and people had been murdered down there and tortured and 
Some just all the things left for dead. Yeah. Yuck. But they think that because it's sealed off and there's no like in or out of it that that whole area where the underground tunnels are is what holds the most energy and holds the most yeah keep that shit sealed like all the things and that affects like the entirety of the hospital yeah what if they opened it i'm just picturing like in Scooby-Doo on Zombie <laughs> Island, you know, when they let go of all the spirits and the faces start floating back. That's what I just pictured. Yeah. But yeah. And there's an online page that is actually devoted to the structure and its haunted stories so that, like, people who go and visit there can write about their haunted stories on this oh. website. And if I am not mistaken, I think they did say that, like, same thing with most places, like... There's a haunted tour, not of the whole hospital itself, because most of it has been sealed off now. Like, yeah. there's gates surrounding it and that's, everything that's to good. try to keep people out. That sounds like a good idea. But they do have, like, city haunted tour. Got it. So that you can learn about the history of it and... And the spooky. And the spookiness of it. Um, I did see a few pictures that were fucking terrifying. <laughs> One of them was of, they had a circle around a window with a person standing in it, and then a circle around the window again, and the person was gone. Uh, yuck. Um, the stairs that lead from one area to another, they look haunted as fuck. They just look so scary. Bad like, vibes. It, it, yeah, it bad, makes... Bad vibes. Yeah, bad vibes. Um, And that... The room with all the graffiti, because it's, like, just this one certain area that they pictured that had, like, the, the Satanist markings and, like, vandalism. It's just, like, this one building. Satanist symbols. Yeah. And they think that the rituals from the, the Satanists are not helping anything either. Uh, no shit. <laughs> so. Yeah. The place, it, it was, it's, like, a really beautiful building. Like, the where, like, the way that it, like architecturally i guess Mm -hmm. like it's beautiful but it also has such creepy vibes to it like just staring at it that it's just like you're gorgeous but you're a little creepy too i feel like if i was ever gonna go ghost hunting or exploring it like the Mm -hmm. hospital would be like that i would never no I would be too afraid, especially like a big hospital or a hospital I've never been to. I'd be so afraid of getting lost because hospitals have so many different turns and twists and like, especially older ones where not everything was like, here, lobby this way, here, you go this way, you know, like there's no... Well, that and just like gross, old, rusty, decrepit medical equipment fucking i hate it i hate it so much like that's why i fucking hate the saw movies because everybody's all cutting their feet off with rusty old fucking medical saws and shit nasty can't do it can't do it that and rusty old farm equipment oh yeah no no, thank you i'm good that's how people die Mm mm-hmm yuck no, no rusty old farm equipment. Equipment. Mm-mm. So speaking of Egyptian things, I just watched the first episode of Moon Knight. Oh. With Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> so good. Uh, it was good. Okay. But he's he works in a museum that has a bunch of Egyptian shit. I don't even know what you're talking about, to be honest. I don't know what. Moon... It's on Disney Plus. It's Marvel. Okay. It's a show. Okay. With Oscar Isaac. Alright. Who plays Poe in Star Wars. I know who Star Oscar Wars. Isaac is. I do know who he is. I just don't know what moon shining light night is. Moon night. Okay. How are you on the internet you know nothing? Well, because I'm only on certain parts of the internet. Yeah, I saw moon night on TikTok. I did not. Well, poo on you. Poo on you. Anyways, it was good. I liked the first episode. And he has a scarab 
that he, uh, oh. that Ethan Hawke is trying to get from him. Okay. What about the Kenobi show? Oh, uh, that comes out on now May twenty seventh. Oh, instead they of the twenty fifth. Oh, okay. But we get two episodes at once. Oh, okay. So we still have some time. I'll be down for that one. Because I love me some Ewan McGregor. Mm. We have like a Star Wars day. I'll make a Star Wars meal. Because I think yeah, that's I now a Saturday or Sunday. Your Star Wars book right My there. Star Wars cookbook. Yes. That blue drink with a little bit of <gasps> schmall in it. I get to have Star Wars food at Disneyland. Can you try the Cocoa Puff coffee? I heard it's really good. Is that in Star Wars? Yes. You get to pre-order it off of your phone and go pick it up at the window. Oh, okay. It's like a espresso type. De- it's like you're shaking espresso, but with like cocoa puffs on top. Nice. Yeah. yeah I'm gonna drink some blue milk. Mm. Have some Ronto wraps. Some blue milk. I'm gonna go get some drinks at Oga's Cantina. <laughs> I'm gonna go just get drunk by myself in <laughs> Oga's Cantina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I, I uh, I'm so excited. I'm hoping all of this like weird reservation y shit doesn't like ruin the vibe for me, but it shouldn't. I hope not. Oh, I'm just so used to like I want food, I'm gonna walk up to the no, window and order it. You can still do that at most places, especially like the bigger places. Like the cozy cones, you have to pre-order, but pre-ordering, you literally stand right there and your food's ready as soon as you press send. Like it's then why not just order at the window? I don't know because they're trying to make it more friendly. Friendly to who? COVID. I don't no, know. I'm not breathing down each other's necks in line. And- I saw an article that um, most of this is just the CEO cutting corners to make more money oh i'm sure it is too and that even shareholders are like bro you're ruining the magic like yeah people that are making money off of mm-hmm. what this man is doing or even like you're going too far yeah well they're trying to they're gonna remove they're him they're trying to fucking remove him they're gonna right remove now. him they're probably he looks what? like a fucking asshole anyways yeah he does he don't looks... come at me disney it's an opinion well i haven't we haven't mentioned any names yeah <laughs> um yeah, I saw an article the other day saying basically they're going to um, call for his resignation. So they're, you know, how fucking rich people do. Oh, yeah. Instead of firing him and em- embarrassing him, yes. they're going to allow him to resign. Mm-hmm. And probably retire with a full pension. Oh, well, yeah. So. But just whatever. Whatever brings the fucking magic back is. Yeah. From what I've... I honestly don't mind the reservations, though, and, like, the ordering ahead and everything, or, like, paying on your phone and stuff, because I feel like it it, move, it does move it a lot quicker in certain areas, because, like, we ordered... What did we order off my phone? Oh, we ordered a few things off my phone, and, like, literally, like, be, the standby line for the same food thing, like, 20 minutes long, we just went up and grabbed it. Well, yeah, I mean, that's whatever. It's more so the fact that, like, I can't get an annual pass and then just be able to go in Yeah. whenever I have a free weekend. Like, now I have to plan three months ahead and pray that I can get a reservation. That's I mean, I don't strange. have an annual pass, but... Well, this lady that I follow on TikTok, and I'll send her your... I'll send you her TikTok the next time she pops up. She goes in every fucking day. With well, her pro- annual pass. Well, she probably has it reserved every single day. That's so she probably gets on at the 30 day and makes a new reservation every single day. I mean, I guess, yeah. But, I mean, people I've heard that have the full pass, mm-hmm. like I used to have, that yeah. had, you no could go in whenever dates, you want, yeah. no blackout dates, but you still have to... Tr- the there's no blackout, mm-hmm. but if there's no reservations, then you're fucked. Yeah. So it's kind of like, well, cool. <laughs> I mean, like right now, I'm like trying to get a ticket mm-hmm. for Friday. Yeah. And Friday is not open. I can't get a ticket for Friday. Where before, mm-hmm. could have just gone the day of and bought a ticket in front of the park and gone in. I heard that you can still do that, though. They do. Put, you can try. Yeah, you can try. You can it's try. Like first come, first serve at that point. Well, there's but... people that I've read that have made reservations, mm-hmm. and then the reservation's been lost in the system. 
And so they get to the gate to sign to go mm-hmm. in, and they're like, "Oh no, you don't have a reservation for today." And they're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. So I don't know. I just I feel like we're getting too far away from. It's almost getting too complicated. Like, like the whole the same thing. Like, if I want to wait in a standby line versus yeah. doing the virtual queue, like let me wait in the fucking standby line. I'm that crazy person that if mm-hmm. it's a ride I haven't ridden before, I will wait two hours for it. I haven't ridden it before. I I would have waited. But my kids are so impatient. Well, yeah. I'm not knocking <laughs> that. I'm just saying, like, that whole virtual queue thing they did for the first year that, that Rise was open. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, you have to hope you get in. So it's, like, that's the only thing I haven't done. Yeah. And I'm going to, like, hope yeah. that I can get on it by doing fucking virtual key like itch i don't know whatever but that's done now so i can wait in the standby line now yeah and i get where you're coming from but i i do like the reservation portion of it because i feel like it is a better way to control the crowds well because when we went in to disneyland like a good thanksgiving break because that's like usually one of the worst times to go we got done with everything by one o'clock. Well, yeah, because they are, they're and still operating, operating at a minimum capacity. Yeah. They're not it's operating. It's like 35% or something. Yeah, they're not like, operating at full capacity at all. Which I feel like that the reservations help that. Yeah, but, but that's then, my opinion. But, but yeah, but like, and I don't like people breathing on my neck, so it made it very much more comfortable for me. It just makes it, <laughs> to me, it makes it a problem to me because like, oh, mm-hmm. I I'm randomly going this yeah. in two weeks. Yeah. But now I can't get another day ticket. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just like I can't just go when it works yeah. well for me anymore. Like, it just takes, I don't know, some of the fun out of it. No, and I get that but, too. Yeah. All right. Um, yes. Thanks for listening. And. You can follow us on Instagram at the Creepin Pod. You can like us on Facebook. You can email us your personal stories at thecreepinpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us star reviews on Spotify. You can leave us a written review on Apple. And that's it. So now we have lots of toys. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.